Welcome to the Crescent Podcast. I'm Leanne. This podcast is an extension of my personal philosophy and commitment to continual growth in all areas of life. I firmly believe that optimal health comes from addressing all areas of us as human beings, physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual health. Through expert interviews, I hope to both inspire and enable you to create sustained change in your own life. Thank you so much for tuning in and enjoy. Happy Tuesday, everyone. It's so exciting to be able to have more consistent guest interviews going up on the Crescent podcast. And today is no exception. Today I'm talking with Elise from Wabi Sabi Botanicals. She is the founder and the genius and the heart behind this amazing skincare line. I actually met Elise at one of the female maker market pop-ups in Lido Marina Village here in Orange County. And she was so sweet. She came up to my booth. We exchanged contact information. We have hung out a little bit and gotten to know each other better on a personal level. But, and about two months ago, I chose a couple different products from her website, from her line to try for myself. And I absolutely love them. I've been using them for a few months now and continue to love them. Something I want to talk about here real quick in the intro is we highlight the fact that her products are all essential oil free. And she goes into detail about why she specifically did not want to use essential oils in her products. This isn't a complete villainization of essential oils. We, we even say this in the middle of the interview that they can be so wonderful and impactful. But she talks about how they can be particularly volatile for sensitive skin and also when used in excess can create sensitivities. And it's so interesting because maybe like a couple weeks before I found her products, I just was getting this intuitive feeling every time I was reaching for my typical products, I wasn't excited about it anymore. And there's not any logic here. This was purely intuition, but normally I know the things I love when I'm reaching for them, whether it's food or a supplement or a product, I get so excited every time I'm using it or so filled with peace. There really is this sort of internal gut emotional response. And so when that response starts to shift for me, for me personally, I interpret that as a sign of, okay, this product, this food, whatever it is, isn't quite aligning anymore for whatever reason. And the products in particular that I was no longer being drawn to were all the products with essential oils in them. And these were my Osea products, which, you know, I talk about these all the time. I have an interview with the founder of Osea. She, it's such an amazing brand, an amazing line. And the reason that I wanted to really highlight this is because I really, really believe in changing up our products on a semi-regular basis. I don't believe we should be using the same thing cyclically all the time, or at least I should say that has not been what has worked for me. If you're someone, you might notice that maybe like six months after you start using a product, you feel like it's not working anymore. For me, that's just a sign like my body's needing a switch up. It's needing something different. And it doesn't mean that that product wasn't amazing for you during that time. And it doesn't mean that it's now a bad product for you. It might just mean your body's needing a little bit of a break, wanting to get something else going on. And so I say that because I'm sure I will use Osea products again. And by the way, they have a whole line of essential oil free products. So I love that about Osea. I love, you know, their cleansers. I still have so many of their products in my medicine cabinet waiting for the right time to use them. And the other thing I wanted to say too is I still use my herbal face food serum. If you guys follow me on Instagram, you know this is like literally one of my all-time favorite products ever. I also have an interview with the founder of Herbal Face Food, which will be linked in the show notes too. So I use that as more of a spot treatment right now on any blemishes that may come up and then on, you know, like wrinkle zones. <laughs> um, so that is still very much a part of my daily routine. And I don't get 
I haven't gotten that sort of off-putting emotion or feeling when I reach for that product, but my essential oil heavy products are ones that I have just steered clear from these last few months and the products from Wabi Sabi I have absolutely loved. So I share a bit about what I noticed when I stopped using the essential oil products and then we also talk about what my favorite products from Wabi Sabi are so far and then Elise helps give us a really good understanding of the different products, what each of them are for. I think she also has a skincare quiz on her website, so I'll link that below too. And then there will also be a link in the show notes to get 15% off your order. So please enjoy this interview with Elise from Wabi Sabi Botanicals. Elise, welcome to The Accrescent. Thank you so much, Leanne. I'm super excited to have a conversation with you. So I always love, and maybe this is just me personally, but I love hearing the backstory behind a brand. And I knew I had to have you on because I've been using your products for a few months now and absolutely love them. But before we get into all of that, can you just share a little bit about yourself and what led to the creation of Wabi Sabi? Yeah. Um, so I actually, my background is in uh, working in like social work. Um, I got my degree in psychology and I'm working on a master's now. And like I always envisioned myself um, really focusing heavily on that field. Um, but about seven years ago, I found that I was really burnt out. Um, I really had a lack of boundaries, to be perfectly frank. I didn't know how to take care of myself. I wasn't uh, having good boundaries in the work I was doing, and it was very emotionally taxing, very um, direct, di- directly working with these um, people who need a lot of emotional support. And so I was burnt out, and I was like, I don't know if I actually want to do this kind of work. Like, I feel like I need something that's a little lighter, a little like less emotionally taxing. And so I have always struggled I don't anymore, but for a really long time, I struggled with my skin, like like severe chronic cystic acne, sensitivity, reactivity. Um, my skin was just like a, a pain point for me. And, um, and of course, like anybody who has chronic skin issues, I spent lots of money and time and energy trying to get to the bottom of it, and nothing seemed to be effective with that. Um, so as I was kind of thinking about like, what do I want to do with my life? Like I'm so burnt out. I'm not happy in the job I'm doing, even though I thought I was really passionate about it. Um, so what do I want to do? And so I randomly, this is so random and serendipitous, but one night I was on Pinterest and I saw a pin for like a DIY, I think it might've been like a DIY face mask or something like some kind of very simple DIY skincare product. And it, it just, it's, it, it stuck out to me because I had never considered that like skincare could be these like simple, natural products. Like every skincare product I had been exposed to and had used in my life was conventional, right? It was just like off a drugstore shelf or like from Sephora or something. It was just like very like conventional and like didn't know what was in them, didn't know where they were made, didn't know how they worked. Um, and so it was like kind of, in uh, a light bulb moment for me when I realized that like, oh, like you can create like nourishing, natural, gentle skincare, like using plants. Like it, it was just kind of like this like weird moment for me where I was like, that's new. Like I never, that never occurred to me. And so I just started, you know, I'm, I can be a bit um, obsessive. Like when I get interested in something, I will go down the rabbit hole and learn everything I possibly can about it. So I started doing a lot of research into it, learning about it, and came up with this idea of like, you know what, like I want to create products for myself that are going to help me with my skin because everything I've tried has not been successful. And so maybe I'm just going to create the solution. And so that is initially where it came from of me just wanting to create products that I really loved and enjoyed and that were helpful for my sensitive skin. Um, And then naturally I was like, you know what, I want to start a business because I'm unhappy in my job. I'm burnt out. I have no boundaries. I didn't know that at the time. Um, And so I was like, I want to work for myself. And so I ended up starting a business with it and just sharing those products that I was like kind of making for my own enjoyment. And it just sort of snowballed from there and became what it is today. 
Oh, I love that. And can you share what wabi-sabi means just for the listener who may not know? Yeah. So wabi-sabi is a Japanese uh, term or phrase that uh, kind of the essence of it is finding beauty and imperfection, um, which really resonated with me at the time because I have not, I've never had perfect skin, right? Like I always really struggled with my skin. There were these very obvious flaws and imperfections. And so I was really like, you know, it's been part of my journey in coming to peace with that. And interestingly enough, like when I came to peace with that, like my skin is so like, I don't even deal with those same flaws and imperfections anymore. So yeah. I love that. I want to talk a bit, spend some time on why Wabi Sabi are essential oil free, all of that, because I think that's a really unique factor about Wabi Sabi products. I also want to touch on all the other amazing things that make it different than from conventional products. Mm -hmm. But I think something that you see very often, particularly in the natural skincare world, is they're packed full of essential oils, which is maybe maybe better than synthetic fragrances but i think what a lot of us don't understand is there can also be some complications there just because it's natural doesn't mean it can't also have some potential side effects so what went into that decision for you yeah um like you said it really is a a unique um positioning that we have in sort of the world of skincare because like you said so many natural brands like it's kind of just essential oils are everywhere um but the reason why I really wanted to see if we could avoid them, like see if we could create really beautiful and also like sensory pleasing products without essential oils is because um, namely like I have sensitive and reactive skin and, and I was originally creating products that would work for my skin and not worsen my sensitivity, not add to the problem, right? But support my skin and its natural ability to heal. And, um, and so part of that was like I didn't want to include anything in the products that could potentially cause further sensitization. Um, and what I found when I was looking into, you know, when I was doing my research, when I was looking into these types of ingredients is I found that essential oils, while they're beautiful, I love them, like they're amazing. Um, they, you know, anything that has the potential to heal, which essential oils have this long history of having very healing properties, they, you know, also has the potential to harm in excess. And because they're powerful, they're powerful concentrates. And, um, and because skincare is something that we use daily and often multiple times a day, and sometimes we're using five products at a time or even 10 products, or depending on how extra you are with your skincare routine, um, you know, like that continual and constant exposure to essential oils, which are these powerful concentrates, can end up having a detrimental or harmful effect. And um, so I thought you know what, I'm going to create a line that doesn't contain any essential oils so that number one, those who want to completely avoid them, just if they have really sensitive or reactive skin can easily avoid them by using our products. But also those who are already using products that have essential oils, they can easily incorporate these into their routine and not worry about like, right, you're not like stacking essential oils upon essential oils with every product you use, because that's where it becomes, you've kind of anything in excess, right, is harmful. Anything that's, that's excessive is harmful. And so it can just kind of help mediate some of that and, um, you know, avoid, hopefully avoid some of that, like, over, overexposure. I think two really important things there, which we may not always understand, which is just how potent essential oils are, how much has been distilled into those little bottles. But then also I think you make such a good point of that kind of chronic all day exposure. For many of us, we've done a great job of switching our products over, but we've got lotions, we've got hair care, we've got skincare, maybe we're even diffusing essential oils in our home. Mm -hmm. And that is a lot to be exposing yourself to all day long. And it was interesting because literally right before we met in Lido, mm -hmm. I had just been, I had some products that I love, but I'm very intuitive with the products I use. And I just started to, every time I would like go to put the skincare on, I would get like a, ugh, just like a, ugh, I don't want to use this. And I couldn't tell you why there was mm -hmm. no like logic behind it, mm -hmm. but I could just feel like I'm not drawn to this anymore. 
And I really think it had so much to do with the essential oil exposure because same thing, like I was using a natural magnesium deodorant that had wonderful, amazing essential oils in it. And I think it was just getting too much from my body. Right. Because when I switched over to your products, my skin got so much better, even though like my acne struggles aren't nowhere near what they used to be. Um, I started sweating less. I think I was just overwhelming my body a little bit. Yeah, it's really interesting because that is something that happens. Like that is a real occurrence and people don't realize that these these like little concentrated, you know, this concentrated plant, plant matter, like, um, you know, these were previously used before they sort of blew up, before sort of these doTERRA and Young Living and, and these, these giant corporations sort of made essential oils so widespread. Essential oils were used medicinally, right? They're, they're super powerful and, and they were not used by our ancestors as like, you know, they weren't like putting them on 20 times a day or diffusing them in their homes even. Like it was, it was very much used medicinally and sparingly. And so when we, um, like you said, like when we are exposing ourselves in all these, these different, different capacities, whether it's diffusing, um, using them on our skin and our skincare routine, using them, um, some people like ingest them, use them in cooking or put them in their water, um, use them, they're, they're in a lot of cleaning products now or household products. Like there is just such an, an just so much exposure to essential oils that yeah, it really can sort of overwhelm the system and become, uh, you know, cause sensitivity, right? Like sensitivity often results from overexposure to something. And so while you may not start out with a sensitivity and it might be all good, like just enjoying all these beautiful scents, no big deal. Like through the overexposure, we can create a sensitivity in us. And that sensitivity can last a lifetime. Like it's something that if we reach a certain threshold, um, we can't go back. We can't reverse an allergy. So um, yeah, it's really, it's really good to be in tune with that. And just to be, just to be conscious of like how they're being used in the home and, um, you know, how many times we're exposing ourselves to them, especially in such a direct capacity, like putting them on topically. So, mm-hmm. and I think there's a conversation to be had here as well of needing to so intensely stimulate ourselves all the time, always wanting something that gives us this like burst of mm. scent versus, I don't need to stimulate my system that much all the time, multiple times a day, even though absolutely the sense can be very soothing. Again, I think it just comes back to recognizing how potent they are. And truly a scent can set off a cascade of hormone production. Mm -hmm. A scent can literally interact with our physiology and send all these different mechanisms going and if we're doing that and giving our body that kind of stimuli all throughout the day, it can absolutely be really, really overwhelming to our systems. Yes, yes. And that's that's what the research shows too, is that um, certain, especially with particular essential oils, which of course are like some of the most common ones like tea tree <laughs> or lavender, like they have shown in some studies that like overexposure, daily exposure to these again and again and again can disrupt our hormones, can like cause these changes to our like endocrine system. And it's like, well, we think we're just, you know, getting a beautiful scent or like, oh, tea tree is good for acne or like where we think that it's only doing one thing, but we don't realize the, the, like you said, the quieter mechanisms that are being um, activated by them and how they might be detrimental when they're being overused or, um, you know, just not used sparingly, like, mm-hmm. like they're sort of intended to be, or like they originally were intended to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think we started using them for a lot of chronic issues, sleep, etc. And again, maybe it's better that we're using an essential oil versus some medication, but I think just ancestrally hundreds of years ago, these chronic issues were not as big of a deal. So if maybe someone was dealing with an issue, they, as you mentioned, might use the essential oil for an acute period of time right? when they really needed it. And then once they get back to homeostasis, these aren't something they're using daily. Yes, exactly. They're, they're used medicinally. It's like, just like you would use any other medicine, 
you would bring it out when it's relevant and needed, and then you would put it away and put it back in the cabinet for probably an extended period of time until it was needed again. And it's interesting because when you see how the introduction of these, uh, in particular, like multi-level marketing companies for essential oils, like turning it into a capitalist like venture has has that like was the set the stage for like oh essential oils can be used for everything there's a million reasons to buy and use essential oils and just right like and people sort of peddling these products as if they're not these potent medicinal concentrates but rather just like they can do everything they can serve every purpose they are you know and it's like yeah they are fun to use in a lot of different uh capacities but again like what you're exposing yourself to to such an excess can can have a harmful effect and you may not see the results of that harmful effect for years or months or whatever it might be like you might not develop a sensitivity quickly or you might not you know um develop an allergy overnight but eventually through overexposure you would see that and um and so it's it's been a, it's like a slippery slope when when you have these you know people who are selling essential oils and their their goal is to sell it's a product right their goal is they're not they're not doctors they're not healers they're not prescribing a medication or a medicine or a medicinal thing they're selling a product and so any excuse to sell the product is used and, and encouraged and um, kind of ignores um, the potency and the power of of the of what they're selling and and how it can affect people mm -hmm. Go, going along with allergic reactions that these can be really irritating what have you seen or in your research did you find are some of the signs and symptoms that maybe essential oils are you're having an allergic reaction to them or they're causing even just mild irritation yeah um we have so many customers who come and who come to us after having used um oftentimes like natural products um or clean beauty as some say um that did have essential oils and they suddenly find that they have like chronic dermatitis or just like their skin is super reactive or sensitive where it wasn't previously um, or their skin is just, it has those typical like redness, dryness, inflammation. Um, and these are symptoms that they previously didn't deal with, especially not on a chronic basis. And so they come to, they, they sort of, a lot of them have already deduced before finding Wabi Sabi, they've already deduced that like, oh, I think maybe the essential oils have something to do with this. And so they're specifically looking for essential oil free products. And then they find Wabi Sabi and they're like, oh my gosh, like I am so glad to have found you guys. Like my skin is in terrible shape. Like my skin is so unhappy and like I am just trying to get it back on track. Like how do I reverse this? Um, and they often can, like it's often totally possible to do that and it just takes a little bit of time and just um, like letting your skin rest from all of that exposure. Mm -hmm. One of the things I noticed, as I mentioned, is if we think about even th even good things in excess become something that the body needs to process and excrete. Yes. And one of the things that I started noticing is I started having BO, which I don't normally have. Mm -hmm. And I already know through being a natural wellness practitioner, I know BO has to do with toxic burden. And so I think there was an element of that that had to do with heavy metals. But once I cleaned up the heavy metals, it went down, but it was still kind of lingering. And what I noticed is when I cut out the essential oils, the BO went away completely. Wow, that's amazing. And so it was just a sign for me that these were causing a burden on my system. Mm. My body was trying to work double time to excrete them from my system. And this was one of the sort of downstream symptoms of that. Right. Yeah. That's really fascinating. Thank you for sharing that. It's, um, yeah, like you said, it's the body will try to, will, will work extra hard to try to alleviate that, that burden. Um, and yeah, a lot of times we don't even realize that that's what's happening. And I do want to like mention just because it, you know, the, the idea here is that it's, it's exposure and excess that is the mm -hmm. problem. Like essential oils are wonderful 
Um, I have nothing against them. Like they're great. I even, I think it's kind of fun sometimes to, um, you know, if people are, are, are using Wabi Sabi products often and they happen to like want to add essential oils to the products, like in obviously these very specific dilution rates, they can do that. They can like customize their skincare because there's nothing in there that they have to worry about interacting with that. But it's just this, you know, the goal is not to like villainize or demonize essential oils, but rather to just be, like you said, be aware that it's anything in excess can become harmful. Like it's the, it's the extremes that are harmful. And sometimes we're in the extremes and we're not aware that we're in the extremes because it's the the extremes are normalized. Mm -hmm. And so when the extremes have been normalized and it's like, oh, but like, my friends use essential oils for everything or like, yeah, my, my doTERRA representative, like use, you know, uses them for X, Y, and Z. Like this is totally normal and, and like encouraged. It's like when these extremes become normalized, we don't even realize that that's what we're living in and that like, that's where the harm happens. And sometimes without us realizing it until it becomes obviously really noticeable in some really tangible way. So Mm -hmm. I like to say too, anything that we are using or consuming on a daily basis mm-hmm. really should be as clean and biologically coherent as possible. So, and mm-hmm. I think skincare for most people falls under that category of something you're using daily. And so I love that you mentioned, hey, if you every now and then want to add in a little bit of an essential oil to that day's dose of skincare, that's Mm -hmm. wonderful. Mm -hmm. But being able to keep it as clean as possible on that daily basis, I think is so, so critical with those things we're using every single day. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's, you know, it, and like you said, like, you know, I think there is a little bit of a sacrifice that's made when people are used to using essential oil free or essential oil heavy products or essential oils in you know, in, in all different types of products. And they're used to that really strong, like burst of scent. And, and like when you switch to products that don't have these essential oils, but are, you know, natural, like you, you get to just, it's like these very earthy, but subtle, but like, it's just not the same as far as the, the scent experience. It's a much subtler, um, sort of quieter scent experience. And, um, it's, it's more like, uh, right. And essential oil is like if you have um, a thousand flowers in front of you and you just stuff your face into it, you get this like incredible, beautiful, overwhelming scent experience. Whereas when you don't use essential oils and you're just using um, these, this less concentrated plant matter, it's more like if you're just holding a single flower up to your nose and smelling it. And it's like it's much subtler. It's much quieter, but it's 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 sustainable. Like it's, mm-hmm. a, it's a sustainable experience. That's um, such a good word. Yeah. So, um, and it's, a, it's much less of a burden on, uh, on the environment, on farmers. Um, the amount of plant matter that goes into making essential oils is like astronomical, um, because they are so concentrated. And so, um, if you can imagine, right, it's now like a multi-billion dollar industry. And so the amount of plant matter and, and that the farmers are having to produce in off seasons oftentimes is like and the amount of pesticides that have to be used and the amount of chemicals that have to be used in order to produce such massive quantities of plant matter in off seasons is is like it's just a burden it's a burden on the soil it's a burden on the planet it's a burden on the farmers and it's a burden on our bodies and mm-hmm. so it's like as as much as we love that beautiful experience like we can we'll appreciate it so much more when we're not using it every day all day right it's like mm-hmm. having a a glass of wine every once in a while and you get to appreciate it if you're just drinking wine all day every day that's excessive that's you're you're not enjoying <laughs> it you're just you you you've become an alcoholic really um (laughs) you become an essential oilaholic um so yeah it's just it's it's there's so many benefits to just being mindful about it and while Mm -hmm. it feels like a sacrifice at first I think in some ways um like anything does um you we we realize that the rewards are are worth it Mm -hmm. honestly when I cut it out I almost could tangibly feel my body take a sigh of relief of like oh, 
that was it. Like that was the thing that was burdening us. Mm-hmm. It was overwhelming. It was overstimulating. Yeah. And I'm, I'm such a huge advocate for really tuning into the intuition and listening to our body from a somatic point of view. Mm-hmm. And I think the body's communicating all the time. It's just, we need to tune in a little bit, but I just saw yesterday a post on, don't quote me on this, but something like, as you mentioned, the astronomical amount of flowers it takes to go into a bottle of an essential oil. I think for lavender, again, I don't know if this is right. I'll have to look it up. It was like three acres of lavender go into a small little bottle of lavender or something like that. And so there's definitely a bigger, more nuanced discussion to be had on this topic. And then I also love that you brought up the pesticides because most of us aren't using organic essential oils. So even if we are using essential oils, they're probably not organic, which means you're getting probably a really, really concentrated dose of pesticides as well, which are massive hormone disruptors and come with their own issues. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. The, I mean, the, the soil preparation and, um, and like pesticide use that has to happen in order to produce, um, such large quantities of plant material, like, and often, you know, oftentimes the plants that are used to make these essential oils are seasonal. They're not year round plants. Um, and so, yeah, just the amount of resources, Mm -hmm. um, I mean, just like the water resources and stuff alone, let alone the pesticides used, all the chemical soil preparation um, that has like long-term detrimental effects on the soil. Um, yeah, it's just, it's it's really insane. And to your point about just the, the quantity of plant matter that's used, like when you think of something like rose essential oil, like we're talking over 600 pounds of, of rose petals to create a little tiny bottle of essential oil, like 600 pounds of plant material. And, you know, with like jasmine, it's like, I think it's something like 40 pounds of flowers, like to make a little bottle. And it's just like, how many little bottles are there (laughs) circulating around? How much plant material, how much, like, how many chemicals are we putting into the soil? Um, And what are the long-term detriments going to be of that? Um, Mm is is like it's worth considering you know it's definitely Mm -hmm. worth considering um it's not something to stress about obviously but it's just something to consider when making decisions about what kind of products we want to use and and like especially in excess you know like Mm -hmm. how we want to just sort of moderate some of that Mm -hmm. i think understanding some of this hopefully can help us tune in with our bodies a little bit more and what might be working for us or not but also then if we do decide to use it, it's coming from such a much more informed place. Mm -hmm. So that hopefully when you do decide to use it, you really are appreciating everything that went into it. Yeah, There's a lot more, there can be a lot more intentionality around it, I think. Yeah, totally. I totally agree. So in doing a little bit of research for this interview, there were a couple other things I came across related to essential oils that I wanted to ask about. So the first one is, is essential oils going rancid or going bad? And if we can talk on that. And then also I was reading about how some essential oils can be photosensitive or phototoxic when exposed to sunlight. So can you touch on those? Yeah. So as with any um, like natural material, as with any plant material, essential oils can go bad. Any Just like the olive oil on your kitchen counter can go bad, right? It's these things can be oxidized um, as they're exposed to air over time. Um, and yeah, and so they can, once they are oxidized or once they're sort of going bad or, or just maybe even just not as fresh, honestly. Um, yeah, it's just it's just kind of like, would you, would you want to put like rancid olive oil on your face? It's like, no, of course not. Um, and a lot of times, um, if you're buying skincare from brands that you trust, obviously, Um, that might not be something that you have to worry about as much. Um, they're hopefully using ingredients that are well within the usage times that they need to be used so that you're getting a fresh product. Um, but it is interesting just to kind of consider, um, because a lot of, there are sort of these very, um, very small scale, like indie brands where it's just sort of like products made in kitchens, which is a lot of fun. I did that when I first started, that's where I was making all my products. But at the same time, like there isn't any accountability, there isn't any like good manufacturing practices. And so you don't really know the quality of like 
the ingredients that are being used. You don't know how fresh they are. Um, you don't know if they're organic, um, even if a label says that they're organic, um, just because there's no regulation um, that happens around that. So it's definitely something to consider, yeah, that, that uh, any plant material, any natural product at all can go bad, can go rancid. And at that point, it's not going to have, number one, it's not going to have the benefits that it might have originally had. It's not going to have the, it's not going to produce the same results. Um, and then, you know, on top of that, it does have the potential to be harmful in some way. So, um, I wouldn't say that the risk is like great. I think it's more so just like, it's, you're not going to be using like a health, like a beneficial product. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. And then as far as like photosensitivity or phototoxicity, um, a lot of like the citrus essential oils, um, do have those properties. And so, uh, for people who, and and a lot of times, hopefully anybody who's creating products or any company that's creating products that use these essential oils are going to be very mindful about, for example, only using them in products that are used for the evening, um, that are not in products you would use in your AM or morning skincare routine. Um, because yeah, they, it's, they, they're like powerfully phototoxic. So, um, if you were to use like a citrus essential oil on your skin, and then go out for the day into the sun, even for like 30 minutes, you might notice like a major burn happening. Um, and it's just because um, of that, of the phototoxic properties. So mm. um, a lot of, a lot of companies are well aware of this though. So I wouldn't say that that's like, they, they could get in a lot of trouble if they, if they were causing customers skin to burn like that. Um, so I think most companies are pretty aware of it, but it is something to be aware of if you're using like individual essential oils on yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So we talked a little bit about signs and symptoms. Sounds like a lot of inflammation, redness, maybe even, well, I'm curious for your own experience, cause you said you were dealing with acne. Mm-hmm. What did you notice that the essential oils were doing for your acne? Yeah. Um, so, I would, I mean, when I kind of first discovered like natural skincare and sort of this idea of like, oh, there's something besides conventional skincare products. I want to try this. This is the only thing I haven't tried. Um, I just noticed that they like, it just, the, the exposure to something really powerful, just like exposing one's skin to something like retinol. If your skin is already sensitive and you're using like a prescription retinol, chances are your skin is going to become even further sensitized. There might be some benefit. Like you might see some, for example, like a reduction in uh, breakouts, but your skin is going to become dry, flaky, red, irritated, inflamed. Um, kind of like, you know, it's like the, the, the irony of like commercials for like medications where it's like, this will, it'll like solve this issue and create 15 new issues. And it's Mm -hmm. like, okay, great. Like you get to decide the cost and benefit analysis for that for yourself. But, um, but I noticed that, you know, using products that were really beautiful and lovely and, and had essential oils in them, they just weren't like, they were just sort of contributing to the stress of my skin. They weren't support. They weren't, it's like, um, it's kind of counterintuitive, like doing more and putting more like stronger uh, medicinal chemicals, natural or otherwise on my skin, which was in dire need of healing, had the opposite effect. Like what it needed was less. What it needed was gentler. What it needed was like just to be supported in its natural ability to heal, Mm -hmm. not to be like aggressively attacked, even with beautiful medicinal, you know, uh, essential oils. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so I just noticed that it was like, it just didn't, it just didn't have the effect that, um, I thought, and it sort of added to the sensitivity, um, which felt really counterintuitive because you're talking about like soothing essential oils, calming essential oils. And it's like, these are not calming my skin. They seem to be having the opposite effect. Um, why is that? And that's when I sort of sort of started diving into, to that. Mm-hmm. So can you give us some of the other key highlights of Wabi Sabi products? And then I'm so excited to be able to share the ones I've been using over the last couple months and that I've been loving. And then I'd love to hear from you too, which ones are kind of your favorites for your skin in particular. But let's start with some of the other key highlights of Wabi Sabi. Yeah, absolutely. Um, 
So one of, I just want to mention right off the bat, because this has been so important to me as somebody who has been in sort of this field now for seven plus years, um, that like our, our products are designed and, and like I specifically like intentionally made them to be accessible price wise. Um, so to keep everything under $50, like there's not a single product that's over $50. Um, and I thought that that was really important because skincare can just be like so pricey, right? Like hundreds of dollars for like a cream. And while I think there's nothing wrong with that, and sometimes that's really like beautiful if you want to indulge in that way, it's not really accessible or realistic for a lot of people. And it was really important to me to create a line that people who need it and want it can have access to it. It's not like a Walmart brand. It's not going to be accessible to every human being under the sun, but it is accessible and doable. And um, so that's a key thing, I think, that really sets it apart from a lot of other sort of clean or natural beauty brands. Um, It's sort of a middle of the road price structure, so it's accessible for a lot of people, which is um, really important to me. I Um, love that. I think that's so great. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, it's um, it was like a very intentional thing. Like, um, and then I will also say that something that's really unique about Wabi Sabi is that um, we really have so many people come to us um, in like sort of a, a a stage of like desperation where they're they've like tried a lot of things for their skin or they've been using certain products for a long time and now suddenly have all of this sensitivity and reactivity. And so a lot of people come to us really seeking like advice. Like they're not just seeking to be sold like, yep, here's a skincare routine. Like, you know, and like the beautiful thing about what I've created with Wabi Sabi and and, like really intentionally have tried to cultivate is like our job and our, and our, and our goal is really not to sell you products. Like if you, if you, purchase products beautiful great like I hope they they like give you the results you're looking for but ultimately like people come to us and like my goal is just to give like really tangible simple advice and tips which sometimes means not using any products like sometimes my advice is like do a skin fast like stop Mm -hmm. using all your products like 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 let your skin breathe or like stop cleansing twice a day like maybe only cleanse once a day and so like I just I really approach um, Wabi Sabi as a business and as a skincare line um, from this place of like my job is and my goal is to like provide value and really help people heal and like support their skin regardless of whether that means they use my products or not. Like that's really not that important. Like, yeah, of course it's great. It helps keep the doors open. And my, like, my hope is that people love and enjoy the products, but that's not the ultimate goal. That's not what's important to me. What's important is that people find relief from the sensitivity and skin stress that they're experiencing and that they just feel good and confident and beautiful in their skin and find something that works for them. Um, so. Amazing. I love that. Um, any other things that you wanted to mention in relation to? Um, no, I don't think so. Okay. Okay. I'll cut that out. So let's dive into now our favorite products. (laughs) So I've been using a couple I've been using the, and forgive me because I don't remember the beautiful names you've written for Mm -hmm. all of them, but Mm -hmm. there's the orange blossom probiotic or prebiotic spray yeah the offering mm-hmm. the offering and then i've been using the balance serum okay balancing act and then the oil cleanser the giver yep and so i'm i'm loving all of them i think they're phenomenal the oil cleanser honestly might be my favorite one though because i've never liked the idea of an oil cleanser especially Mm -hmm. being acne prone yes but I also have a real issue with products that are like a jar that you need to dip your hand into Mm -hmm. because I just feel like that's not super clean (laughs) so often we're not paying attention and we're just kind of like putting our hand in there um I am absolutely loving that it cleanses so well it takes your make off like makeup off like nothing else but then your skin is so, so, so hydrated afterwards. So that is like 
my number one. I think I've already been through two bottles of that. It's so good. Yeah, I'm so glad you love it. It it really is like a um it's I think people are often surprised because they like have ideas about an oil like what an oil cleanser is or that it's like gonna be really heavy or that it's gonna leave their skin greasy or like, you know, whatever, you know, or if they're like acne prone that it's gonna only like worsen that. And it's 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 interesting because it it's it's the opposite of all of those things. Like at least um, the giver, like the oil cleanser in my line, like it's completely rinsable with water. Like it doesn't leave any of that greasiness. Like it really helps. Um, it's different than it's like better for acne prone skin than a traditional cleanser because you're not stripping away all of the healthy natural oil on your skin or the natural sebum. You're only stripping away like the impurities and the excess. And, um, and so it prevents that, like, um, you know, sometimes when we strip our skin, like, and we, we accidentally dry it out by using harsh cleansers, thinking that like, I just need to dry out my skin so it stops breaking out. Like it has that opposite effect and ends up uh, backfiring. Like it ends up producing more oil and then we break out more. So um, that's definitely one of our most popular products. Like people just love it. It really changes their ideas and conceptions about oil cleansing for sure. Mm-hmm. And then can you talk a little bit about the spray because that one does have just a very subtle orange blossom scent which is phenomenal and i love it but can you talk about where that scent comes from if it's not coming from essential oils yeah so it actually comes from uh like a hydrosol so an orange blossom water um so interestingly when they're doing the distillation process for essential oils they're essentially taking all of the um oil soluble components of the plant that go into the essential oil and then all of the hydrophilic or the water uh, based components of the plant go, go into a hydrosol. And so it's literally the plant is distilled and separated into oil and water. And so the oil parts are the essential oil and the water is the hydrosol. And so what we use in um, the toner, the offering is orange blossom water. And so it doesn't have any of the volatile components of essential oils, which make them sensitizing, but it still has some of the uh, the natural fragrance and scent of the orange blossom flower um, within the water. And it's, I mean, it's so gentle that like even babies can use hydrosols. They're so, so, so gentle. Um, but you still get a little bit of that scent experience, which is really nice. Mm-hmm. And can you talk about that product a little bit more? I love using it. I mean, I use it all the time. I'm like spritzing it on my face throughout the day. Once I, after I put makeup on, I'll spritz it over. But um, can you talk a little bit more about it? Yeah, so it's a it's a probiotic toner, um, and that was really important to me because probiotics are wonderful for sensitive skin, for acne-prone skin. They're just really great for, like, toning, balancing, um, feeding your skin that good bacteria. Um, and so it does have those probiotic properties, and then I put lots of good um, uh, extracts in there, these sort of water-based extracts um, with, like, reishi and shiitake mushroom because adaptogens are really wonderful for sensitive skin as well, some green tea, which is, has wonderful proven properties for uh, acne. And so it's just this really soothing, hydrating, gentle um, toner. And I think a lot of people maybe see toners as like this very expendable sort of step in a skincare routine, but it actually is so important um, getting that hydra- like the, the hydrating element, the water-based element in our skincare routine can have such a difference in our skin. So um, yeah, it's definitely a, a popular one, and um, it's one of my favorites as well. And then I do have a question because, as I mentioned, I'm using the balancer. Mm-hmm, balancing act. The balancing act. And then, but you have another one that seemed like it was a little more blemish correct. So what kind of, can you explain a little bit of the difference between the two of those? What I'll say is I've loved Balancing Act. Mm -hmm. I do think it's really helped balance my skin, but for someone who is more acne prone, is the blemish correct, maybe more the direction they want to go? Yeah. So Balancing Act is, um, I initially created it to really focus on uh, skin that is experiencing uh, some sort of like sebum imbalance, right? So an, an excess of oil, um, people with like a, an oily T-zone combination skin, um, and to really help balance out some of that sebum uh, production, which naturally will help prevent breakouts. Um, and then Blemish Correct was really created to address 
current like active breakouts. So active inflammation, active breakouts, um, whereas balancing act is sort of the preventative uh, option. And then blemish correct is there for when you have active inflammation and breakouts that need to be addressed. And so they work really beautifully together. Generally, people with acne prone skin will use both of them and have both on hand um, because they have those sort of different functions, but they really complement one another. Mm, okay. And then since I've got you on here and I can ask all these questions, <laughs> can you talk a little bit? Cause the other one that I've been eyeing is the light reveal, the vitamin mm. C one. But for those listening who maybe are like, acne's not really what I'm dealing with. You have the age gracefully and then the light reveal illuminating vitamin C Mm-hmm. And then the moisture boost too. So can you just like quickly, I know, sorry, this is probably so much, but can you kind of break each of these down a little bit? Yeah. So the idea was that I wanted to create a set of five serums that really address specific skin concerns so that people could uh, really have a serum that works for their specific, like whatever major skin concerns they're facing and that they could even mix and match them to create custom sort of treatments. And Um, So with Light Reveal, that is sort of our most universal serum because I always say anyone can benefit from a vitamin C serum. Like it is, it's, it's like a must in a routine. Like vitamin C is just so wonderful. Um, Really great for brightening, really great for hyperpigmentation, really great for um, like boosting sun protection. Um, And so that is a must. And then Age Gracefully, of course, is for anyone who is looking to address like premature signs of aging or even you know, prevent to a degree premature signs of aging. So really high in antioxidants, really high in um, just those protective elements um, to help prevent some of that. And then Moisture Boost is like our dry skin serum. So it's really the, um, where Balancing Act is typically for those who produce more oil, Moisture Boost is gonna be for those who sort of lack oil and experience a lot of dryness. Sometimes people who don't necessarily have like year-round dry skin really turn to moisture boost in the colder months when Mm -hmm. our skin tends to get drier and find that it's just a really great support for during those months Mm -hmm. and then what i haven't tried yet is the valley of light mask but i do follow you on instagram and i saw you're replacing this with a new product yeah so i'm actually we're in the process of reformulating it so currently it has been For years, it's been a powder mask. So it's something that you would activate at home with water or honey and sort of create like your custom mask treatment at home and have it be fresh each time, which is really great. It has its benefits for sure. But I am a huge fan of like a pre-mixed mask. Like I just love a face mask that is just like has this wonderful texture in the jar and can immediately be applied. doesn't have to be mixed with anything at home. And so we're really uh, reformulating it to be a pre-mixed mask. So it's just gonna be a lot easier to use. Um, and yeah, I'm just such a sucker for like a good mask texture. Yeah. Um, so it's it's been a lot of fun to be creating this. But yeah, that's gonna replace the powder mask. It'll just be a little easier to use, more convenient. Okay. Um, but still the same, like the still have the same essence of the product. It's still the same product, just in a new format. And is it, it's more of an exfoliating, like a gentle exfoliating mask? Yes, exactly. It uses um, like natural alpha hydroxy acids um, from hibiscus to really gently exfoliate the skin on a chemical level. And then it has really finely, really, really finely ground coffee, um, almost like espresso, like so finely ground. So it's not going to be abrasive, but it will provide a really gentle physical exfoliation. So you're getting both a physical and chemical exfoliation, which is super important for acne prone skin um, in particular and good for all skin, um, but it's it's gentle enough that you know sensitive skin will tolerate it and, and enjoy it as well. Mm-hmm. So give us, can you give us your skincare routine? What does a day in Elisa's skincare routine look like? <laughs> yeah, I would love to share. Um, so in the morning, typically I, Uh, Well, it's actually kind of interesting right now because I have um, a few new products in the works, so I am using them and (laughs) religiously um, and getting to enjoy those. So while normally in the past, like typically in the morning, I will just cleanse, quote unquote, with water, um, just like warm water, um, 
you know, if I've cleansed in the evening before bed and have applied my skincare, slept overnight, like there's really no reason to aggressively cleanse in the morning. And I tell this, especially for those with sensitive skin or, or, you know, chronic acne, like don't cleanse in the morning, like cleanse with warm water, use like a really gentle cloth to sort of wipe away any surface impurities. Um, and that's really sufficient. So that's typically what I do, but re more recently I've been using like a cleanser that I have in development, which is a non-oil cleanser. It'll be sort of a morning cleanse, um, which I've been really enjoying. Um, and then, yeah, and then I'll just do a spray of, uh, the offering that really light mist of a water-based element. Um, and then I will use in the morning, it's, it's typically going to be something like light reveal because it's wonderful for underneath an SPF. Um, it can really help boost the sun protection that you're using, um, because it's so high in antioxidants with the vitamin C, um, pro vitamin A, all of that. Um, so that's morning. And then in the evening, it will be something like the giver. So more of an oil-based cleanse, depending on if I've worn makeup that day. Um, again, the offering really light misting. Um, I love using the blessing. Have you, have you tried the blessing, the hydra serum? It's a water-based serum. I don't think so. The Oh yes. Yes. In the, it's the pink one. Yes. I do yes. have that one. Yes. Okay. Okay. It's um, like, it's so great. Cause it just goes on so lovely. I actually, so I'll do the mist mm -hmm. and then I'll do the blessing and then I'll do the balancing. Yes. Okay. That's the exact same. That, that's always the order I recommend. And that's <laughs> the same order I use. Like I love to do the mist, um, the blessing. I might mist again um, just for like some dampness. It's really nice to apply the oil-based serums when your skin is damp um, because you're going to get better absorption. You're just going to like enhance. You're kind of creating a little micro emulsion on the skin. Um, so it's going to uh, it's going to be really nice, but, um, so that's what I'll do as well. I'll use the blessing in the evening and then I'll like kind of pick and choose what serum I want to use depending on what my skin is craving. I love blemish correct, even though I don't really get breakouts anymore. I still love it because it's wonderful for any and all inflammation. Um, so just very soothing, um, or maybe age gracefully to address, you know, any premature signs of aging, um, but yeah, I keep it really simple. I, I like really don't usually have more than three or four steps in my skincare routine. And then I'll do like a mask maybe once a week. So I'll do Valley of Light once a week to exfoliate. Um, it's important to have that regular exfoliation. And yeah, just keep it really simple. And I find that my skin is so, so, so much happier than it ever was. Um, and and it's, and it's just like, it, it's counterintuitive to what a lot of the beauty industry teaches us, which is like these 10 step skincare routines. Um, I find that the simpler we keep it, the more our skin can just do what it's literally designed to do, which is, uh, be healed, be balanced, be radiant. Um, like it has that natural ability already within it. And so the goal is just to support that ability through really gentle, simple skincare and not try to, you know punish it into behaving. <laughs> I love, I think that's such a beautiful approach because so much of the messaging I think is often like you are deficient and the only way to be enough or to get the desired outcome is through external means yes. rather than you have everything you need inside inherently. Let's just give it a little bit of extra support. I love that so much. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. It's, it's really sort of a counter culture approach. Um, and, but I think it's just so important because as somebody who came from chronic skin issues and really severe, like painful chronic cystic acne, um, I did what was, what was, uh, sort of the norm, which was like, just, uh, sort of punish your skin into submission and, um, and that's how you heal your skin. And like that didn't work. My skin just would rebel and rebel and rebel. And so I find that do, having the more gracious approach and really approaching your skin with grace and humility is just a much more healing, long-term healing and effective approach for mm -hmm. individuals who face skin issues. I love that. And I also wanted to point out that you have a really fun, great skin quiz on the website, mm -hmm. <laughs> which anyone can take. You know what I think is great is it's a very succinct line of skincare. Yes. There's not 500 products that you're just like, 
what the hell is going on? Where do I start? Um, I really love that. And I, I see the intentionality in that, especially that you're, you've been in this for a while now. Like you absolutely could have this line of products that just goes on and on for days. And mm-hmm. so I think that's really beautiful that you've been intentional about keeping what is truly needed, not just creating product for the sake of creating product. Yes. Thank you so much for mentioning that and noticing that because that really is like I, and that again, that's so counterculture to even how the beauty industry works. Like there's so much pressure to be constantly pumping out new products and just, you know, more, 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 more. And that is so antithetical to how I function, how I want to create, like what I believe is good and right. And so, yeah, so it's been like the same, essentially the same core products. We've launched one new product, I think in like two and a half years and it was the blessing. But besides that, it's the same core products and we just uh, like refine them. We just continue to refine the same products and make them better and better. Like with turning the Valley of Light mask from a powder into a premix, like it's just refining the same products, but not buying into this pressure of like more, 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 more. Um, Mm -hmm. And just hoping that people can continue to appreciate the line um, and hoping that, you know, that it's enough that like there isn't that, you know, we're like constantly, I feel like we have as humans, we have this drive in us to always be looking for the next thing and wanting the next thing. And it just nothing is ever enough. And so my hope is that people can tap into like just peace and like that, like Mm -hmm. enoughness and not and like kind of just appreciate that, like this is what we offer we do like to launch new products every now and then, but we're not going to like be pumping them out. Like we're not going to do it at any pace besides the pace that God has us do it at. And, and like hope that people can be on board with that and, and feel that it's enough, you know? Mm -hmm. No, I love it. And I really think it is. There's, you've got all the core things you really need. And back to your point of, we really don't need 10 products in our skincare routine. So why are we creating needless products just to sell? So I love that. I really, really do. Thanks, Leanne. Well, this was phenomenal. We covered so much. I can't wait for the audience to be able to hear this. And just thank you so, so much. Yeah, you're welcome. Thank you so much for having a conversation with me. I've really enjoyed it. <laughs>